apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood before them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Let's put a little switch in my brain now. I've just been in preaching in St. Meyer in Welsh. So if I lapse, I apologise. Elaine is uh, leading this morning, so I managed to sneak off early and doing a fantastic job uh, of leading uh, over there. So if she does come in, then she'll hear it again in a different language. Some of you may know that my thing is the history of broadcasting. If ever you want to be bored for an hour or so, ask me out for a coffee and ask me about the early days of television or the development of public service broadcasting. In fact, after this service this morning, I'm heading up to, to campus to um, be part of a live discussion on Radio Cymru's Buru Golog about the history of religious broadcasting on the BBC. But what I find really exciting, one of the reasons I find what I do really exciting, is that I feel as though I'm getting an insight into the beginnings of something. It's almost as if when I'm going through old documents or maybe even old programs, I'm witnessing the start of something. I'll give you an example. When I was writing the book on the early years of television in the 20s and 30s, which I might add is still available in good bookshops and on Amazon for a probably reduced price, I was reading letters and documents written by John Logie Baird, the television pioneer, and then reading the responses of Lord Reith, the first director general of the BBC. I was reading about a new invention, 
where you could see by wireless. And I was seeing how the BBC was very reluctant to get involved with this new invention initially. But I felt through going through those documents, through reading, that I was there at the beginning of something new and exciting. And the other day in the National Library, I was reading material about the very early days of radio in Wales, the, um, the 5WA Cardiff station. We've just celebrated the centenary of its opening. And how one group of Welsh people, Kilch Dewi, the Circle of Dewi, were concerned over the lack of Welsh material being transmitted. And they were given an opportunity to broadcast their own Welsh hour on 5WA for the BBC in 1924. The very beginnings of Welsh broadcasting. And we know what's developed from that. So I get a buzz, an excitement from seeing how it all began. What was going on at the beginning? And looking back from our vantage point today. And this, in a way, is how I feel with today's reading from Acts. This is the bridge, the beginning of Luke's second book in the Bible, between the, the events recorded in the Gospels and the formation of the early church. This bridging period sees Jesus talk with and teach the apostles. They're told not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait until God has baptized them with the Holy Spirit. They're learning more about the power of the Holy Spirit. They become more convinced than ever that he is alive and with them. Certainly more so than just after Jesus' death when they were scattered, when they were arguing, when they were even denying that they knew him. So in this reading, we are witnesses to the beginnings of the church, how it all began, and that, I think, is really exciting. So I'd like to spend the rest of the time thinking about this reading under three headings. When, how, now the hard work begins. Those are three headings. So first of all, when. How patient are you? I'm looking at your faces and smiles. I've, um, I think I've mentioned before about my impatience. That Christmas when my sister and I ran downstairs at half past two in the morning to open all the presents under the tree before anyone else got up. Couldn't wait. If I read a novel, it doesn't happen very often. I'm too impatient to read through the whole thing, so I'll just go to the last page. I know, I'm sorry. Or if we're, watching, oh, this is, if we're watching an episode of Call the Midwife or Death in Paradise or something, and I can't be bothered to wait to see who's committed the crime or, you know, what happens to the... I'll Google, you know, this, the episode summaries to find out. I can't wait to the end. I'm too impatient. That really annoys everyone else in the house, I Or how about waiting at traffic lights? Or waiting for the suitcases to come round on the conveyor belt thing at the airport. And how many of you have experienced on car journeys the inevitable, are we there yet? No, we only left ten minutes ago and Nana and Grandad is two and a half hours away. Or decorating. 
and this is why I'm not allowed to do any decorating at home. It's rod. Forget the preparation. Forget the sanding down. Forget the undercoat. Just slap it on. It'll be fine. I can't wait. I have the patience to prepare and do all that thing. No patience to do the necessary preparation. We are living in an age of immediacy and instant communication, the desire for instant gratification to purchase goods now, to be somewhere now. We want answers now. There's an expectation now as well that we get speedy responses, especially from students who send an email at midnight and ask at 8 o'clock in the morning why you haven't responded. No guilty faces there. I think in many ways the disciples were impatient like this when 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 is it going to happen we read in verse 6 they gathered around him and asked him lord are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to israel there's a sense of urgency i feel here a sense of impatience is it time to do this now during jesus's ministry on earth the disciples were constantly wondering about his kingdom when would it come what role would they have in it? The traditional view was that the Messiah would come to free Israel from the tyranny of Rome, a kind of conquering hero figure. The disciples, like the other Jews, wanted Jesus to free Israel and wanted it to be free now. You can almost hear them saying, come on, hurry up. Is it time yet? But Jesus rebukes them gently. Tells them not to be so impatient. God sets the timetable. You may want change now. You may want to go somewhere now. You may want something now. You may want an answer to something now. But God will decide when the time is right. Don't be impatient and trust God's timetable. God decides when, and it's something that I need to remember as well. God decides when. And secondly, how? Jesus tells the disciples they'll receive power through the Holy Spirit. He gives them clear instructions on what they are to do. To be witnesses in Judea and Samaria, and then to spread outwards to all the earth. The Holy Spirit will come and give the disciples gifts in order that they can fulfill that mission. But the key thing here in the, the verse where Jesus says this is that he isn't saying, right, off you go, preach to all people now. He's saying, wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. In Luke 24, 49, he says, Stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Be patient. I can imagine that the disciples were rearing to go. They had a mission. They wanted to get on with the job. But they hadn't all the tools they required in order to do that job. And certainly not to do it Effectively. Hopping back to television history for a moment. Seeing at a distance had been dreamt about for centuries. 
There's one book that argues that the history of television goes back 4,000 years to the Egyptians and Assyrians because they discovered you know, drawings of people seeing in a, some kind of ball crystal. People have tried to do it over the centuries. But it took several key inventions, several discoveries for it to come about because all the essential elements had to be in place in order for it to happen. We may want to run ahead, get on with the job. But we need to be aware that waiting is often part of God's plan. And when we wait and when we listen to God for instructions, then the outcomes can be so much better. So we need the timing to be right. We need God with us to be truly effective. And once we've been filled by his spirit, once we have the strength of the spirit, my goodness, what a difference that makes. You know, I love hymns. And one of my favorites, and we need to sing it sometime, memo to organists. What a wonderful change has been in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy, oh my soul, like the sea billows roll. When you're filled with Jesus, when you're filled with the Spirit, when you have the strength of the Spirit, what a difference that makes. And we, like the disciples, when we're clothed with power from on high, filled with the Holy Spirit, from this central point, it's like ripples when you throw a, a stone into a lake or, or a pond and you get the ripples. The gospel spreads out. Jesus' instructions from Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. One piece I read um, described this as the ever-widening circle of God's loving message. The ever-widening circle of God's loving message. And a challenge, I think, to us this morning is to make sure that those ripples, that good news, reaches everybody. Our friends, our family, our work colleagues, our community, our fellow students. And just as the disciples were told that they'd be able to do it in the power of the Spirit, so we can do the same. So the when, the how with the Holy Spirit. And then, the final heading, now the hard work begins. Once Jesus has told his disciples to be patient, to wait for the Holy Spirit, and then effectively begins the Christian church, he's taken up to heaven. Gone. The disciples, Luke tells us, were looking intently into the sky staring probably surprised stunned shocked with what they'd just seen also possibly because they felt alone they'd been given a mission they were tasked with a huge undertaking but Jesus had gone At the end of the service, we'll be singing um, William Dix's great hymn, Alleluia, Sing to Jesus, uh, on the tune of Rodol. Thank you to Delith for, for playing it. There's a, a great verse in that, that. Alleluia, not as orphans are we left in sorrow now. 
Hallelujah. He is near us. Faith believes, nor questions how. Though the cloud from sight received him when the 40 days were o'er, shall our hearts forget his promise? I am with you evermore. I am with you evermore. The disciples had to live without the physical presence of Jesus, but would soon encounter him through the Holy Spirit. We still encounter him through our worship, through our fellowship, through the sacraments, through ministry. He is with us evermore. Jesus went into heaven to be with his father. Paul Kroll writes, Christ ascending in a cloud showed the disciples that he was being exalted to be in the presence of God in glory. Clouds hid him from the disciples' sight. But he left that wonderful assurance to him and to us, I, we, I am with you evermore. We are not doing this on our own. What's more, he's coming back. And we need to be ready. 1 Thessalonians 5.2 says that Jesus will return like a thief in the night. We need to be ready. We have a job of work to do. And we need to do it. We have a mission as a church. Not by standing around looking at the sky waiting. Like the kids do when it's that sort of grey you know, sky and it might snow soon. So if we look up hard enough it might start snowing. No. But by continuing the work of the early church. By working hard to share the gospel. By taking every opportunity to tell people the good news. So that others will come to know him. And will come to share all of God's blessings. And boy, that is exciting. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come here today. To worship you, to listen to your word. We thank you that through the Bible we are able to witness the beginnings of your church and to see that from the labors of the apostles in spreading the good news, the church grew and millions have come to know you as Lord and Savior. We pray that your Holy Spirit, which gave the early church confidence, courage, authority, would fill us with these gifts too, so that we experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives as we proclaim you Lord of all. Amen.